Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Ninety-six years ago yesterday, a group of public planners, engineers, and government officials got together and decided that the road that they wanted to build connecting Chicago to Los Angeles would have a name, or more appropriately, a number. A number and a name that seemed innocuous or very unimportant at the time, and yet one that would become one of the most iconic names of the 20th century. U.S. Highway 66, Route 66. And although the U.S. highway system wouldn't be legal until a few months later, well, the name stuck and millions of Americans over the next 50, 60, 70 years would get their kicks going down, going through Route 66. And yet for a road that is so famous, at least here in St. Louis, it seems like it's almost been forgotten. In fact, I had been coming to St. Paul's for years doing things before I ever even knew that the original Route 66 went right along Manchester Road, right past this church. And I had been to Ted Drew's a dozen or so times before I understood why its location on Chippewa was important. And I didn't even realize that when we drove out from California to the seminary here in St. Louis that we basically followed almost an exact replica of that iconic road. Today, we focus on an iconic road, a road that is unique and yet, like Route 66 here in St. Louis, can often look like any other road. We read of Saul, Saul the one who had approved and stood over the execution of Stephen, and we find him fresh off this, full of the passion and the zeal for persecuting the church that he was known for. We read that Saul, while still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And we see this persecutor of this church, full of zeal, full of of passion, set for his journey. And he heads out on that fateful, iconic road to Damascus. That road upon which the life-changing and life-altering reality of Jesus would hit him smack dab in the face. Would literally, quite literally, stop him in his tracks. That as he approaches Damascus, a bright heavenly light shines out. And he hears the words that he never in his life expected to hear. The words he never thought he would hear. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. And in that moment, Saul realizes that he's had it all wrong. Saul, the one who is also called Paul, realizes he's had it all backwards. (laughs) That despite his best efforts, he quite literally was blind to the reality of the resurrected Lord. That the one who thought he saw what God wanted him to do so clearly realized quite immediately he had it all messed up. And so he gets led into Damascus, for he is literally blinded by this light, and he, eats and does, he doesn't eat or drink anything for three days and three nights. 
You can imagine what those three days and nights must have been like. The emotional roller coaster that he would have gone through. The confusion, perhaps. (laughs) The frustration, the anger, the shame, the regret, the remorse. That this passionate persecutor would realize just who he was persecuting. And yet... As God tells Ananias, it is this man who breathed out murderous threats that would be God's chosen instrument. The one to take the gospel of Jesus not only to the people of Israel, but to the Gentiles and even the kings of the known world. That the one who was so zealous in his attacks on the church would be the one who would consider all lost for the sake of proclaiming the very resurrected Lord that appeared to him on that road to Damascus. And yet that moment on that road is nowhere near as important as that moment would be in the road of Paul or Saul's overall life. See, this road to Damascus experience, on the one hand, is a very unique experience. It's not one that's the everyday Christian or human experience. First off, you and I, I don't know, but I'm guessing probably haven't spent too much time passionately imprisoning those who follow Jesus. And you and I have never been blinded quite literally by the resurrected Lord as we traveled down a road. And though we share in the apostolic mission of the church, you and I have never heard directly, physically, literally from the resurrected Lord's mouth that you should be counted amongst the apostles. The ones who walked with, who ate with, who talked with Jesus. No, on one hand, this is a very unique, iconic experience. And yet, on the other hand, there is something incredibly common, incredibly widespread, incredibly familiar about what happens to Saul on that road to Damascus. For in Saul's literal, seemingly literal, come to Jesus moment, we realize that it is not a come-to-Jesus moment, but a moment when Jesus comes to him. That it is, as Ananias would say to Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came. Yes, the road to Damascus is a unique event. And yet, the reality that God comes to us comes to us on whatever road of life we may be on is something that not only unites us with Saul, but with the whole of Christ's church. That God comes to you. Jesus comes for you. And that much like Route 66 here in St. Louis, well, that road that Saul walked, when you think about it in those terms, doesn't look so different than the roads that you and I walk. And so I ask you, what road did you take to get here today? I know I'm not talking about Manchester or Ballast or the 270 or the 64, and I'll even say it, Highway 40. But what road of life did you take to get here today? Is it a road that's always been so faithful? Or is it a road that perhaps, like Saul, despite your best efforts, is a sinful road? At times, a shameful road, a difficult road, or even maybe a disappointing road. A road that, despite its best efforts, has not always had Christ at the heart 
of its guiding principle. Perhaps a road that doesn't exactly look so grand when we consider in our own lives all the evil that we've done in it. But that is where the excellent reminder comes from this account of Saul on the road to Damascus, because it is not about the road, but the one who appears to Saul on the road. For it's not about always being on the right road. It's not that we've always been on the right road. No, we haven't. But it's wholly and completely about the one who took a different road, a road to Calvary. That is the road by which Christ would walk in order to come to you. In order to come to you in the water and word of holy baptism. In order to come into your life in his holy word. In order to give himself for you, his literal body and blood given and shed for you so that you might know the forgiveness of your resurrected Savior. See, we all have walked very different roads. In fact, if you wanted to, you could spend time with your three, and that number sounds good, doesn't it? Three pastors. And you'd hear that we probably all had very different roads, very different experiences that brought us here, that brought us to this point. And yet, it is not about the road. No, it's about who comes to us, who died for us, who's been raised from the dead, and who meets us on whatever our road may look like. Knowing full well the faults and the flaws of our road. Knowing full well the mistakes we've made and the mistakes we're going to make. Knowing the shame and the guilt and the sin that we carry with us. And yet he died so that he could come to you on your road. Not because you've earned it. Not because you deserved it. And not even because you expected it. Saul can attest to that. And yes, your road is uniquely your road, but don't be fooled into thinking that your life, your road is not one that God cannot use. That much like Saul was the chosen instrument, the one God would send to the nations whose writings have been a witness to the resurrected reality of Jesus for almost 2,000 years. Your road, your life is one that God uses even when you may not realize it for it is the road that he comes to you on if you were to ask Saul when he was getting ready for that trip to Damascus what he was going to run into what he was going to expect the last thing on his mind would have been well I'll probably end up proclaiming the gospel of Christ to billions of people it would have been laughable it would have been something to make a mockery of and yet here we sit in a church named after the same man who not only breathed out murderous threats upon Christians, but carried them out and carried them out quite efficiently. And you realize that when Paul writes what he writes in his various letters, that this is a man that knows acutely what the grace, mercy, and forgiveness of God does to one's life. The transformative effect that the gospel of Jesus Christ has on our lives. Not because we've always walked the straight and narrow road, but precisely because we haven't. And in that, that transformative experience that Saul has, while we may not necessarily be literally blinded or even in Damascus or 
even physically and literally see that light and hear his voice, that transformative reality of what Jesus does for us is the same that Saul experienced. Transformed so that we can be, like Saul, a chosen instrument. A chosen instrument of God's eternal life. A chosen instrument of the proclamation of the gospel. It's true, I'm not sure how many kings you may come across, as Paul would, but we are reminded in God's word that God puts in our lives exactly who he desires for us to come across, to witness to, to care for, to love, and certainly to share the gospel with, even to share your road with, to be able to let them know it's not about the road you've walked in the past, it's about who comes to you on whatever that road looks like. It's about the Jesus who would come to whatever road of life one may be on and change that life forever. So what road did you take to get here this morning? Well, it's the road upon which God came for you. The road upon which Christ showed his love for you, died for you. The road upon which Jesus died in order to forgive whatever sins that road may have on it. And it's certainly a road that here in the joy of the resurrection is an eternal road, an eternal life in the name of our resurrected and risen Savior. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.